the most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report <laughs> with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross and now the man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, Slobber Knocker Audio is on your air, and I thank you for that. I am good old JR Jim Ross. Glad you're joining us here, whether it be on the Westwood One app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever in the hell you get your audio. There's a zillion places out there, right? Uh, we also appreciate you leaving us a five-star rating. That helps us at the grocery store. Uh, also, my you can, you're welcome to follow me on Twitter. I wish you would, at JRSBBQ. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well, at JimRossBBQ. Uh, mailbag later today. Got some good ones for you this week from some of you folks that are t- chiming in at the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. I have two guests today, two very entertaining guests with a lot to say, very timely. Uh, the new member to the 2019 Hall of Fame class, Tori Wilson, one of my signees back in the day, uh, will be joining us, along with the raconteur, uh, infosario, Eric Bischoff, who's uh, in Chicago this week. I've uh, got a big show with Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone there, I think, uh, this weekend. You can check that out. And uh, we'll be talking to Eric about that and about uh, his and Tony's show uh, on the Monday afternoon after WrestleMania uh, near the Barclay Center. So a lot, of, a lot to talk about there. So two great guests, a lot on their mind, as I mentioned. And uh, we'll get to those folks momentarily. Uh, I want to thank the New York Post, their sports editor, Joe Staswiski. He interviewed me this week for the New York Post. I'm also supposed to be doing a feature. I've, done, I've already recorded it. Outside the Lions on ESPN uh, recorded me uh, last week. The story got bumped for some other news, like the scandal, the college tuition scandal, which I'll assure you that 98% of Americans could give a damn about. Uh, but in any event, Outside the Lions is coming up. I'll, I'll try to keep you informed of that on social media, and uh, I'll also be uh, – distributing a link uh, to the New York Post. A nice piece there. Uh, Joe, nice young man, very bright, very well prepared, so I appreciate his time. But ladies and gentlemen, that ain't all. That ain't all. Because here's what's on my mind. Going to kick it off with a little Monday Night Raw. Uh, One way to measure the productivity or the uh, on-target creativity and execution thereof of a wrestling show is how it goes off the air. Uh, you can also say in that same dissertation that how a show comes on the air is equally as important. I would agree with that, but going off the air is essential. It's not an option. And I didn't think that the way that, uh, brawl went off the air where again, a music interruption causes the decision of a match to be determined. It happens over and over again. Interrupt, distraction, screw job. Interrupt, distraction, screw job. Uh, I have a big 
problem with trying to protect everybody on the roster. It's not a game of protection. It's a game of execution. If you can execute well and you're given the tools to execute well, there's absolutely no reason that a loss uh, over a, a talent that is already quote-unquote over is going to significantly damage the persona of that individual. Seth Rollins was made to look silly. Uh, his best side was not on display there. Seth is a magnificent athlete. We all can see that. And his match with Lesnar at WrestleMania, no doubt, can be a classic. But you can't make your baby faces, your fan favorites, your heroes, your protagonists look dumb and get them over to the top of the mountain. Can you imagine Austin or Rock falling for that music interrupt piece of business? No, because it wouldn't happen. Pretty damn impressed with the uh, forearm thrown by uh, MMA's Travis Brown, a rugged USA fighter back in his day, and the husband of Ronda Rousey. That was that forearm shot was a dandy. Apologize later, big fella. Nice, nice going. I liked it. Uh, I said this months ago on the show. He's been a guest on the show. Drew McIntyre, I still believe, is going to be the guy. He has too many of the traits, personality, physical traits, et cetera, et cetera, that Vince McMahon covets. And I can see a SummerSlam match involving, let's say, Seth Rollins, if he beats Brock Lesnar and uh, Drew McIntyre. I don't think, as much as I would enjoy seeing it, I don't know how, what the feel would be in the, in, the, in the room, shall we say, if you booked a uh, Lesnar uh, match with, with Drew. Might be fine. Depends on how the story's told, right? Hey, I want to tell you, I have no issues with Baron Corbin. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he has a significant and, and visible upside. It's just not there yet. That's not a knock. But the issue that I said on Twitter at JRSBBQ that I was underwhelmed with the choice of uh, opponents for Kurt Angle's retirement match had nothing to do with the ability, the work ethic, uh, the passion of performing uh, of uh, Baron Corbin. Nothing. Not even the same time zone. It has everything to do with how you honor Kurt Angle going out. Everything that can be done from positioning on the card uh, at WrestleMania, uh, you know, uh, who's following who, who's following what, going, you know, how you look in the match, the outcome of the match, and the, and the opponent of the match. It's all a part of the presentation, and I thought that WWE could have might have done a better job of selecting somebody else, and they still might. Who knows? Hell, I don't know. That's not an that's not unfathomable idea. But let's say it's going to be Corbin and Kurt. Do everything you can to make it special, but it could have been made more special if it was somebody that was uh, more tenured and and was perceived by the audience as more, quote-unquote, over. I just think the angle deserves everything that he can be provided to make uh, his retirement match meaningful and memorable. He deserves that. I don't know if you can get there with Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Moving on to SmackDown Live. Uh, 
uh, didn't wasn't overwhelmed with the show, uh, except for the last segment. Uh, it was a great close, a great close with uh, the the world's greatest villain, Mr. McMahon, coming out after Kofi had gone through hell and high water. Walked barefoot through hellfire and brimstone, for God's sakes. And uh, said, you know, you didn't quite qualify. I'm changing my mind. I've actually heard that before. Uh, so uh, I thought it was a great close. Vince was on spot on. He's the most natural villain in the company still. And all that happened all the way from the Attitude Era. Can you imagine? The impact of the Attitude Era on wrestling in general is amazing. And now that I have a little bit of time and I can sit back and look at it, I'm really proud of what we all accomplished during the Attitude Era. But another roadblock thrown in front of Kofi, the ultimate underdog, right? It's all about, I said this on the show so many times, the people, oh, he's old, he's, he's bitter, he's whatever. Okay, cool. Think what you want. I don't care. I can't change your mind, so why should I care? Uh, I learned a long time ago, kids, You, uh, the less time you worry about things that you cannot control, the better off you are. Just makes common sense. But I can't. Yes, you can. But no, I have no. You don't have to. Uh, it's a uh, great episodic television, cliffhanger, so to speak. What's going to happen next? Is Kofi going to finally make it to WrestleMania? What's it going to take? It's a sports entertainment soap opera element that the WWE is parlaying, which shows me, at least I think this that they are engaged in significant longer-term planning than heretofore in my eyes. That is a good thing. I uh, thought the pull-apart with Charlotte and uh, Becky, uh, they should have been, if they were going to have a pull-apart, there should not have been a word said. Kevin Owens could introduce them, get his little his rhetoric in, get his shtick in, get himself over, because he got over in this segment, and it wasn't about him. It was about them. That's not great producing. So bottom line, what if, what if, easy to look back, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. What if Kevin Owens got all his stuff in, introduces the ladies, they come in, Becky's sitting there, she's introduced first, here comes Charlotte, preening around, and boom, it's on. Then, no promo, though this, no that, no, no nothing. Let's fight now. And you, and because the company would be on edge of this potential implosion, you would have plenty of security on hand, nearby, so to speak, to not allow the pull apart to go on too long, which it did, in my opinion. A little bit goes a long way. And I just didn't like the execution of it as far as it was just scheduled for too long in my view just one guy's opinion certainly a good night great night for kofi kingston other than the announcement from mr mcmahon but kofi had great effort uh, he didn't get sloppy uh he got fatigued which is always the great excuse for any kind of miscue but kofi was crisp uh, professional uh, really had a good night so hey look is it inevitable that kofi's going to make it to wrestlemania i think so because there's not a promoter in the world that couldn't hear and see that Kofi Kingston is lightning in a bottle. 
He's Daniel Bryan, version two, from back in the day. Uh, WrestleMania, by the way, is what, two weeks away or something. I think eleven matches are, are are have been released. It's going to be a massively long show, as one could imagine. It got a little longer when Elias is named the musical guest. There's going to be something more to that, right? Here's what I'm uh, interested in. I'm, in. I'm interested in what the proposed allotted match times are going to be and the order of such. Going to be interesting. There'll be some maneuvering on that on that deal. Uh, some talents involved will have, have a say, and they'll add their two cents as to why they should go on where they believe they should go. Uh, you have uh, producers who are putting a match together that you know, the match now is so wonderful that it should go on here or there, or it shouldn't follow that. And some of those are very good suggestions because once you know what the match is going to, how you lay it out and how you produce it, then you can make, it can fit more customized in the order of events. So, uh, I just think that's going to be really interesting. The match time, because inevitably I will promise you now there will be one or two or maybe even more, hopefully not matches bitching and moaning because they didn't have the time to tell their story. I wouldn't want to admit that. I wouldn't want to tell anybody that I'm, I wouldn't want to admit to the fact that my skill set is not good enough to, uh, have a eight minute match. And they said, well, wait, we were told we we're going to have 10. We go out there when you're at six. Okay. Ad lib. You shouldn't have to memorize your whole damn match anyway. Makes no sense. There's no spontaneity in that. So, uh, the battle Royal. Well, it's a good way to get Braun Strowman on the show in a physical way to show his prowess. He's kind of being rebuilt. He got, he got colder and ice in the last couple of months, in my view, based on where he was. Uh, and it's also the way that a lot of talents can get a booking on WrestleMania, which I know means a lot to everybody, and it should. So if it's a way to – and I, I expect that match to go on the pregame show. I don't know when it's going to go on. I don't even know if it's going to close the show. That will be more political wrangling on what's going to close the show. My vote would be uh, Rousey. Charlotte and Becky, but I got a feeling that the, uh, the late, the late horse in the race that's gaining ground is going to be Lesnar and Rollins. And that could be a hostile situation. If Lesnar and Rollins close the show and the, and the women who would, would probably go on right before them, tear the damn house down. How do you think that Lesnar and Rollins are going to be received emotionally uh, from that crowd? You know exactly how it's going to be. They saw what they came to see, and now they're a little bit indifferent. And that's not how you close a show. Remember, I was talking about that. How you close a show, how you go off the air is extremely important. So a lot of uh, interesting facets to uh, WrestleMania, and, uh, and it'll, be, it'll be wonderful, no doubt about it. Hope, I just hope everybody gets good weather, right? Uh, condolences to the family of uh, former NWA champion Roger Kirby. Uh, I didn't really know. I met Roger a couple of times back in the 70s. Uh, he beat Danny Hodge for the NWA title at one point. Uh, really an underrated guy, really talented. Uh, 
would be one of the top talents in the in the business right now based on his skill set, fundamentals, and so forth, and 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 the psychology. So our condolences to uh, the family of Roger Kirby. Uh, and uh, I was doing a little research and I saw where Kirby said that Danny Hodge is the toughest man he ever wrestled. <laughs> a lot of guys have said that. So uh, condolences to the, to the family of uh, Willis Kirby, a.k.a. Roger Kirby, passing away this past Monday at the age of 79. Uh, here's the old story, man. He fell three weeks ago and broke his hip. In the hospital, they discovered that he had stage four pancreatic cancer. Good Lord. He contracted, then he contracted pneumonia and died Monday. Man, that's losing two straight falls, isn't it? God bless him. God bless him. That's why I'm, getting, I'm going to remove my bathtub in my master bathroom and put in the world's largest shower. I'm kidding. That's exaggeration. Of course it's not. But an oversized shower, the steam, all that good stuff, because I don't want my, my aging ass to fall and break my hip in a bathtub. If you're an old dude, you don't need to be bathing in butt water anyway. Anyhow, hey, I heard, uh, you know, I'm a big uh, proponent of the Call for Alley Club, big supporter, callforalleyclub.org. Look, look, go on their site, look at all the things they do. for. They help a lot of people, really, that need, need, need it. And I'm a, happy to be a part of that organization, callforalleyclub.org. Uh, I saw where uh, Dean Ambrose is going to be there this year. My buddy Mark Henry's getting a another major award. So some fun stuff coming out of Las Vegas. Uh, AJ Styles signed a new contract in WWE. I'm sure that's for at seven figures plus. That'd be a million dollars to you folks like me that maybe have to have a little help with their math. I know that I believe that tonight a million dollars downside guarantee for a talent means that that talent uh, got 19,200 and 32 or 23 or something, a little over 19 grand a week. You can go to the grocery store on that. Uh, I see, I don't know if it's confirmed or not, that Gallows and Anderson are not going to resign with WWE. I would think they'll either go back to New Japan or go with AEW. They're a good team, underutilized. But you can say that about a lot of tag teams. It's just not been a focus. It doesn't seem important. It doesn't seem important uh, on television these days. Uh, really proud for Susie Aitchison. She got the Hall of Fame uh, announcement on, of the Hall of Fame this year. She won the Warrior Award. I was there when the Warrior gave, uh, presented that concept, uh, sitting in the audience. And in all due respect, I wasn't quite sure what he said when it was over. I understand the motive that to honor those that are not in front of the camera all the time, behind-the-scenes contributors. There is no bigger behind-the-scenes contributor in WWE than Sue Aitchison. Over 30 years in the company, uh, and she's just an amazing woman. She's from Wales. So between her accent and mine, either one of us could understand a damn thing the other said as a rule. I think, quite frankly, uh, this is the fifth uh, Warrior Award. Maybe upon further review, it should be the Sue Aitchison Award. Just saying. Lacey Evans did a nice interview with uh, Lillian Garcia on Lillian's podcast uh, about a week ago. Some very revealing stuff. Uh, I like Lacey. She ha she has everything. I mentioned I, I met her at the May Young, the first May Young Classic. She is perfect as far as all the publicity, the PR, the information, being the Marines, the, a mom, blah blah blah. All great, really, all great. 
She's statuesque. She's a beautiful woman. She's physical. But every time she comes out and all the women in the ring stop everything they're doing is another say, we're dumb. We just saw this last week. and We're going to fall for it again. It's just illogical. Okay. Fool me once. Okay. Fool me twice. Oh, all right. Fool me three times. Are you kidding? So uh, Lacey Evans is a great prospect. If she hits her full potential, she's going to be big time. But if she doesn't get back in the ring and, and wrestle and wrestle and wrestle, maybe she is. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't heard about her on, on the road doing anything. Until she gets back in the ring and spends her time understanding the foundation, more, more understanding the fundamentals, uh, she, can't, she can't achieve that uh, potential. I enjoyed last week uh, on the Fight app watching the uh, Ring of Honor uh, 17th anniversary pay-per-view. Good show. Enjoyed it. Uh, the, I wasn't ready for the 60-minute main event, but we got there. I had, that's the first time I left. A, it's like take, me going to the bathroom during the middle of a match. is like a, a, a wrestling company taking breaks, uh, commercial breaks, in the middle of a, of a match. It reeks of... Uh, we're, we're a Broadway play. It doesn't attach to, Hey, we're a sport quasi a little crazy, but we're a sport and we don't leave the game in the middle of action to sell cereal, but a good job. But ring of honor did a nice, good show. Uh, didn't have any technical issues whatsoever with the fight app. It's the way to go. All you need is a smart device and Wi-Fi. You got everything you need. Uh, I saw where, uh, and I'm going to be in town, but I don't think I'm, I'm going to go to the ring of the, uh, I'm going to be going to the, uh, busted open, uh, anniversary show, I believe after my show on Saturday with Lawler and myself on Saturday at noon. Uh, but I saw at the garden, what very intriguing matchup, uh, this, uh, ladder match for the ROH world title, Jay lethal, Matt Taven, and one of my favorite smartest girl. Now, did I say it right enough, good enough for some of you dickheads? The villain. See, I was told his last name rhymes with a girl. Cheryl. Skirl. <laughs> no, screwing with you. Uh, ladder match. That'll be, a, that'll be a barn buster. Knowing those guys are personalities in the hallowed halls of Madison Square Garden, expect greatness. Too bad it's sold out. You can't get a ticket. But I'm sure if you have the money, you can get a ticket. Major League Wrestling doing well. You get all the information on those good dudes at mlwtickets.com. Uh, they're going to be uh, in the Melrose Ballroom in Queens on April 4th and 5th. So check that out. They'll have big crowds. It's a hot, it's a hot product right now. mlwtickets.com. Impact. Uh uh, announced that they're going to, they've re-entered into an agreement with OVW to serve as their official developmental and uh, training facility or territory to get guys ready for the next level. Great idea. Al Snow will, is a hell of a trainer. OVW is an excellent school. Uh, I think it's a good marriage. I just hope that they are also putting equal work and preparation and have the same good fortune as uh, finding a television partner as they have a uh, developmental territory partner. On the AEW front, the Young Bucks defeated the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, 
for the AAA World Tag Team titles uh, a week ago down in Mexico. Big win. Hey, they should have that. wonder if they could have that match, a, re, a rematch at uh, in Las Vegas. That'd be nice, huh? I heard it was really good, too. I heard it was really good. By the way, if you haven't been listening to the weekly Road to Double or Nothing uh, show on the web, uh, it is funnier than hell. This uh, the, uh, the audio message by Chris Jericho to Cody uh, in the last episode. Check it out on YouTube and the special and the social media. It's a great weekly show. Uh, road to Double or Nothing. This kid's got some creativity. I give him that, man. I give him that. Uh, my friend Dan McDevitt's company, MCW Pro Wrestling, down in Maryland. They're going to have a spring fever event, I'm, I'm told. I'm sure my man Sean Creed will be there as well. With special guests Corey Graves and Renee Young. Where Renee will be getting a neck tattoo as well. It's going to take place on March the 31st in Joppa. In Joppa. Uh, she's not getting a neck tattoo. I'm just kidding. But uh, enjoy that great wrestling brand from Dan and his team. Uh, by the way, speaking of Dan and his team, I want to say get well to MCW's bruiser, R.J. Meyer, by the way, in his battle with leukemia. Uh, there's a goal fund me page that's been set up under bruiser's battle with leukemia. Bruiser's battle with leukemia. Any help that you feel compelled to help a wrestler uh, for the love of our game, uh, he could use anything to help his medical bills. Bruiser's battle with leukemia. Great cause. Give back, folks. If it's a dollar, it's important. Uh, The big man, the biggest mayor in the world, I guess. (laughs) The big red machine who barbecued me one time on television. Uh, Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, is planning a, a November release for a book called Mayor Kane, My Life in Wrestling and Liberty. Harkens back to the days of Abraham Lincoln, that old wrestler became president. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, if you're a fan of Kenny Omega from New Japan, now with AEW, uh, the documentary uh, involving Kenny will be airing on TSN in Canada later this month, uh, it's going to prepare uh, premiere next Wednesday, March 27th to be exact at 7:30 Eastern time. So check that out. I can't wait to get a copy of that myself. I like documentaries. I like these documentaries a lot. Congratulations to my friend, the very very talented Maggie Gray. She's a part of the uh, team, the outstanding team at WFAN Radio in New York. Carlin, Maggie, and uh, Bart Afternoon Show. She's pregnant. Congratulations, Maggie. That'll be a beautiful baby, no doubt about it. Hope to be, hope I get the chance to say hello while I'm in New York in a couple of weeks. And coming down the home stretch here on Here's What's On My Mind, uh, remember Slobber Knockers available at uh, Amazon.com, a hardcover, web book, uh, e-book, whatever you call it, shows how smart I am, and uh, the uh, audio book, which I read, and I hope that you'll check out, Amazon.com. Uh, I'll be signing books. We'll have books at all of our shows in New York coming up, New Jersey. I'll be selling and signing books at your, for your convenience. Love to see you. Uh, 
You know we're doing more Comic Cons in 2019. At least that's a plan. If you're interested in us showing up at your Comic Con and and uh, helping you, and you helping us, wanting a little teamwork that weekend, uh, contact uh, Rafael Morphy. He's on Twitter at r morph nyc at r m o r f nyc. Uh, or you can email us at the to the Jim Ross Report at gmail dot com. Uh, w got my food products. Appreciate their uh, support of that. And also in Ingalls Markets in the southeast part of the country, uh, I saw, I got a nice picture of somebody that got some uh, JRs in, in Georgia the other day at an Ingalls store. Appreciate you guys and your pictures and your kind words on our products. It's an homage to my mother and my, and my late wife. They were the brainchild behind this product. I'd like to keep it alive for them, to be honest with you. You said, oh, George is making more money. Well, you know, you'd be surprised. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a passion product, quite frankly. And I like for others to taste what I tasted growing up. So what? Uh, Sunday morning at WrestleMania, I'm going to join the guys at Two Man Power Trip. They've got a great podcast, by the way, at Two Man Power Trip on Twitter, uh, at the Midlands, uh, uh, Plaza Hotel, and uh, I think that's at 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning to 2, maybe. Uh, so anyway, uh, tickets available at on Twitter, at BP Tickets. Just go to at BP Tickets on Twitter and uh, check out how to get your tickets. Should be a lot of fun. I, I've been social media in that, those graphics. A lot of talent there that I hadn't seen in so long. It's going to be probably one of more unique signings of the whole weekend. And it's in a good time too. Sunday morning, ten. You're not going to miss. If you're going to WrestleMania, you're cool. You're in good shape on time. And of course, on Monday night, uh, after Raw, after Raw, can you imagine what the the tune and the tenor is going to be? And we're, tickets are still available, but they're moving well, and we're really happy for that. And thank you for it for those of you that bought tickets. Uh, Monday night after Raw, about it's about a midnight show. <laughs> uh, Conrad Thompson, Bruce Pritchard, myself, first time ever. All three of us fat guys on the stage together. Watch out for flying chairs. Uh, and it's at the Murmur Theater in Brooklyn, less than a mile from the Barclay Center. Tickets on sale now at, of course, the world-famous BrucePritchard.com and TicketFly.com. So we're looking forward to that. Big crowd, big room, uh, over 700 seats. So we'll see how much, we'll see how, see if we can pack it. Help us out. Showing us after all. I'm going to, then the following weekend, I'm going to be at one of those cons we talked about, a great one too, Steel City Con in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, just outside Pittsburgh. I'll be there on Friday the 12th through Sunday the 14th. Information at steelcitycon.com. I talked about Colorful Alley Club, love that group. I'll also be back in Vegas in uh, the Memorial Day weekend uh, doing a variety of things, uh, specifically at StarCast 2. Uh, the 1989 discussion with Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat should be precious for all of us. I can't wait to, to experience that and see the twinkle in their eyes. They talk about that those three matches that will hold up with anybody. Omega Okada, great. Absolutely great. Did it blow Flair and Steamboat away? No. Get serious. No. Uh... So I'll be out there for that. Then the King and I are going to be out there at StarCast 2 doing a Q&A, which should be a blast. And quite frankly, 
you know, I don't know how many more of these we got in us of our different, you know, I'm not going to be a WWE guy for many more hours. And I don't know how that's going to affect his schedule or, or mine. But nonetheless, join us Memorial Weekend. Uh, and for all the information you want, man, uh, just hop on to uh, StarCast.com. Love to see you in Las Vegas, StarCast.com. Check it out for all the packages. They got travel packages. They got hotel packages. Uh, it's going to be the, one of the most amazing arrays of talent that I personally have ever been affiliated with. And I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. I know you will as well. Memorial weekend, Memorial Day weekend in Las Vegas. Uh, Starcast.com is where you find all your tickets and all your information. Love to see you there. And uh, I'm also going to be in the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area uh, coming in June, June uh, 6th, Thursday, June 6th, with the Florence Freedom Minor League Baseball Club. Florence, Kentucky. FlorenceFreedom.com got all your information. FlorenceFreedom.com. Thursday, June 6th. See, they're baseball fans. Dan gave a museum. Yes, sir. You know, I'll be there. I'm going to host the banquet this year. Missed last year because of my work duties, which almost is oxymoronic. Uh, did I really work? I'm a shooter, man. Come on. Uh, speaking of shooters, it's a great segue, right? At Wrestling Museum has your information to be a part of the Luthez George Tragus uh, Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame induction. It's July 25 through 27. All kinds of packages available. Great family event. And the I can't wait to see the new the new uh, facility and all the renovations been going on. I love that place. It, it's a it's a if you're a wrestling fan and you haven't ventured soldiered your way to Waterloo, I, I promise you you're missing something. And uh, finally, uh, for those I've asked, and uh, you know my contract with WWE ends on Friday, March 29th. 26 amazing years. Uh, really, I was so blessed and so fortunate to be there when I was, uh, to be given an opportunity to grow as a professional, as an administrator, and as a broadcaster. So I can't thank the McMahon family enough for that. And, you know, the old deal is sometimes it's better to be lucky than smart. I was very lucky that I was there when the company was a struggling uh, privately owned company to going public with a $160 million IPO and uh, then being able to enjoy many years of uh, stock grants and options, which which, uh, obviously uh, nailed down and and, uh, established and and confirmed my my future financially for Jan and me. And so uh, that's part of the story here. I don't like being alone. I don't like being in an empty house. Maybe I need to buy a dog or a cat. Yeah, I get it. But it's not as easy as that. So I need to be I need to be around people and I need to be busy. Hence Paul O'Brien and I writing another book and and you know, we're gonna, I'm working this podcast idea with Conrad. We're going to we're definitely going to do a new podcast together. Just don't know when it's going to start or what it's going to be called, but probably sometime after WrestleMania. I'm excited about that as much as I've ever been excited about anything I've ever done on, in the podcast world. But I really believe that uh, I, I don't need to be sitting at home. I think my life's extended. 
by being busy and around positive people and busy people and people with a destination. Everybody needs a destination, folks. Everybody needs a destination. And for me, that's getting out of my house and staying busy. But I want to, I want to thank Vince McMahon and his family. They were fair with me. And, and we didn't always agree. And I think he loved that. We, we didn't always have a, I didn't, I wasn't a yes man, but I was a company man and I always had his back no matter if I liked it or not. That was my job. So uh, I learned so much there and I, but I just want to stay in the game. I want to be in the business I love. I want to go out and do shows. I want to talk about it. I want to podcast about it and I want to broadcast about it. It's been my life since I was a teenager. I'm 67, full of piss and vinegar. So retirement is not an option whatsoever. Staying busy is. I'll keep you posted. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what's on my mind. She's always been an amazing woman. And we were just talking before going on the air here. Tori Wilson came, uh, we hired her in 2001 from uh, WCW. And quite frankly, because of the uh, lay of the land uh, and because of her talent and her youth, her look, she was a huge get for us. And I was really happy that we got to, we were able to sign her. Uh, and Tori Wilson is with us here today. Going to the Hall of Fame, i got to say congratulations. I'm really, really proud of you. Thank you so much. Were you surprised you got the call? <laughs> yes, I was. Actually, Mark Carano called me, and I was on a retreat in Sedona, and I thought he was just calling me to, you know, to, to invite me to go watch the show. And he kind of threw me for, for a little loop there. Uh, yeah, definitely surprised. Well, you certainly uh, earned it. I, I like the – anytime anybody's inducted into the Hall of Fame, and largely because it's WWE uh, and they make the biggest deal out of a Hall of Fame. I'm, I went in in 2007, very proud of it. I don't look at it as a token deal. I look at it as a gimmick. You know, somebody mm-hmm. said, well, how can, you, how can you be serious about the Hall of Fame, JR? They don't even have a building. Well, you know, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. I'm not an architecture. But the issue is, for those of us that have gone to the highest level of our business, which is WWE, to enter their Hall of Fame, to me, is a big deal. It really is. You know, I actually never, I never realized how much of a big deal it was until I felt it. Like, I just, I didn't, you know, real, I've had fans say, oh, someday you'll be in the Hall of Fame, and I just never really thought it would happen, A, and I just really, like, it's, I've had so many emotional moments just thinking back, because, you know, for me, especially because I never really won a championship, I never felt like, I don't know if love's the right word, but I just, I feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's no feeling like that. I feel like everybody in every area of, of whether you're a wrestler or, you know, a painter, we should all get this moment and be appreciated. It just really feels good. It's great advice for people that are building relationships as well. I had a 25-year, more than that, actually, uh, friendship. I had a best friend, and I married her. And, uh, mm. you know, and those moments are uh, you know, they're, they're, they're captivating, they're heartwarming, they're heartbreaking sometimes, but man, those relationships, she taught me how to be a better man and how to respect a relationship better than, uh, any, any experience I had in my life. So all these things, 
you're you're involved in some really cool things. Tell us what you're doing because you're not really waist deep in wrestling right now. You know, you're you don't <laughs> no. I don't see your name at all the comic cons and all the wrestle cons and the con cons and all that stuff. Uh, what do you what are some of the great works that you're doing because I know that they're there. Tell us about those. Well, you know, I'm I, I'm truly just trying to my best to use the the steps from my past to create a future. I think a lot of times where we get tripped up is we hold on too long to our past and don't forge a new chapter. And, you know, a big thing growing up and you know, I had an eating disorder when I was in high school and college and um, you know, always kind of battled self-confidence issues and you know, even in the WWE, it was like a battle of constantly feeling like, you know, you're not good enough. And my biggest thing is that I just feel like everybody deserves to feel confident and, and good about themselves. So, you know, health and fitness has always been a huge, you know, deal for me. Um, mind, body, soul, you know, how we think about ourselves and staying positive is equally important as exercising. And my goal is just to get people feeling like they are the shit because everybody deserves that. And it always trickles down into all other areas of our lives. If we don't like who we see in the mirror, we accept just mediocre relationships. We, you know, we find ourselves in friendships where we're not being valued. It affects lots of different areas. And, you know, I just, more than anything, I feel for the guy and the girl out there that has no confidence, that's scared to walk into a gym, that thinks that they don't have what it takes to reach for their dreams, and just to give them a boost and help them find that person that is inside of them already um, and make them bigger, to be, basically to be their own superhero. Yeah, and it's so important to enhance one's uh, self-esteem. Because if we don't respect ourselves, folks, and we don't have self-esteem, don't be naive enough to think others are going to give it to you. If they see you don't have it, you know, it's, it's not going to work. So I, 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 that's one of the messages I get from, you know, you're, you're on social media. Uh, you, people can read what you do. They can see what you do oftentimes. I'm always, I've been amazed at these things, especially the older I get. And then being a widower, things like these mm-hmm. retreats where you're working on your self-esteem and you're, you're working on your communication skills really has uh, interested me more uh, since uh, Jan got killed than, than it did prior to that, which is unfortunate to say, but at least I'm being truthful. Well, I mean, I, I think an important thing to remember is usually it's like the worst times in our life where we just can't hardly scrape ourselves up off the floor that can create a flower. Um, and it's it's hard to admit it. It's hard to see it, but they create something in us that... that is very valuable and can help other people um, as long as we're willing to open our eyes to it. Just like you, Jan was such an amazing human, and she's surely an amazing angel right now for you. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are have lost someone, and they don't know, they don't know who to turn to. And, and maybe just seeing what you're writing on social media is helping them get through their day. And there, there's just something really special about that. I know that uh, my issues with Bell's palsy, and I have had it three times. I can't smile still. You know, I got a, a I got a tenth grade granddaughter and a seventh grade granddaughter that have never seen Grandpa smile except in pictures. I can make a big deal out of that. I could write a country song for God's sake. You know, my buddy Toby Keith or somebody. <laughs> but the issue is that's the hand I was dealt. 
So now, what are your options? Well, you can absorb it and deal with it uh, and let it go, or you can get yourself back up and, and live a better day. So I, I really believe that this self-esteem thing is a, is a huge deal. And that speaks to the segue here on the, the locker room. When I was in charge of talent, I was very proud of the fact that I was given a mandate by Vince to get uh, more women that are athletic and beautiful. Smart, se- remember the, the, the old slogan, smart, sexy, and powerful? That's, mm-hmm. what, that's what he wanted. At one time, it was like, could she, this girl you're looking at, Jared, could she be on the cover of Playboy? Well, yeah. So that was kind of the yardstick. And it's kind of crazy to say that today, based on what we're seeing today in WWE with the women's wrestling revolution, you know, Tori, they're athletic as hell. They're, it's amazing what they, how they raised the game. And I don't want to knock any of the, our girls that we had in the Attitude Era, but boy, some of these cats are, they prepared for this moment for them, I think largely because of what they watched on television and saw you and Trish and Lita and Jazz and Jackie Moore and, and Ivory and all these ladies. And there's Lisa Marie. Yeah. Even Dawn, Dawn Marie came in and made a, got herself over. And she wasn't a trained, quote-unquote, wrestler. She was a personality that had a big personality, and, we, and she also was a very attractive woman. So uh, that, was a, that was a challenge for me. It kind of squeezed me a little bit on my philosophy. I always thought that, you know, well, look, you get a real a, a great conditioned, uh, athletic uh, woman that's aggressive, we can get her a makeover. I often say that I would love to have the hair concession at WWE. God, you can make a fortune. So what do you see? <laughs> You've been around them a little bit here uh, in and out, but what do you see the well, big difference in, in, the, uh, in the two rosters? You know, it's just funny. I was actually I was talking to somebody about this the other day that, what, that only knew wrestling just kind of from the outside and their perspective, and it was really interesting because during my time, there really wasn't a ton of women before us kind of showing us the way. So we were kind of like learning as we go, like just like you were saying, like, you know, Vince is asking for 10, but he wants them to be able to wrestle and all of that. So we kind of like started creating our own thing. And a lot of the girls that are there now were young, obviously, not to age ourselves, but they were watching us and watching us just, getting in the ring enough and wanting to be that. And whereas before we pretty much, I know for myself, I learned in front of all the fans, like I was thrown out there, you know, of course I showed up early in practice, but basically I was learning in front of the fans and these girls today have really paid their dues, you know, in wrestling school for a long time, NXT, um, they're, they're coming out of that. Their first day in WWE is they're on fire already. They know what they're doing. They're already, you know, trained and really good at what they're doing. So there's no stopping them. And it's just so I watch the shows for the women these days. And, um, the old lady part of me goes, wow, Charlotte, is she going to be able to walk when she's 40? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there, she's a good, a good example. She's amazingly athletic. She's a D- division one athlete. Uh, you know, she's a, in the, in a elevated class like Rousey, you know, Ronda Rousey's a world-class athlete. And, uh, I get a kick out of the fact that she and Becky are doing this very creative thing on Twitter and that some fans actually believe that they're out of control and that they are, have gone into business for themselves. Now, you know, as well as I know, 
How often do you go into business for yourself with Vince, in Vince McMahon's company? Not that often. <laughs> that lasts about two minutes. <laughs> exactly. So I say that their tweets are creative, and they're, they're, they're making their point. They're keeping their name out there. I even went on a deal the other day and said on, on, on uh, social media that it's amazing to me that the women in WWE are dominating social media, promoting their angles, their storylines, their appearances, uh, new gear, whatever it may be. They're keeping their image alive and continue to build their brand, whereas a lot of guys uh, only want to show you pictures of their abs. <laughs> oh, God bless you. Well, uh, it's brilliant on the girls' behalf because, you know, it sets them up for whatever they choose to do later in life. Um, unfortunately, we can't be wrestlers our entire life. Our body's just not going to let us. Right. And, uh, you know... Letting people in on your life really it makes them care. Exactly. And the women have got, they get it. And they go to the extra effort to make sure that those messages are distributed in a timely and effective manner. The guys, uh, some of these guys are doing the same spots, the same comeback, the same build up to the comeback, the same way to lose. Everything, nothing changes because they found their comfort zone. I think it speaks back to some of the work you're doing. We as a human being, as a race, Tori, I don't think we can find our comfort zone and then dwell in it. I think that's a kiss of death. Because if you're not yeah, growing, you're, you're, you're dying, really. Yeah. And the older we get, the scarier it is. And it's just, I find a lot of times we have to put ourselves in situations where we're not willingly going to step into an uncomfortable situation, but we might get pushed. Right, right. I heard you on Busted Open the other day, one of my favorite shows. I enjoy that uh, Show it's, it kind of speaks to how big the business has gotten when you've got a a major uh, network like Sirius XM doing uh, six hours a day of pro wrestling Monday through Friday. They do their show then they repeat it. So uh, I heard you on that th- there the other day and, and talking about uh, with Bubba taking the table. How how nervous were you? Did you have to be talked into that that bump or was you just gung ho, bright eyed, bushy tail? Let's, uh-huh. let's try it. I, you know, I was pretty gung-ho, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Like it, like, it was cool. Like, it was cool to be put through a table by the Dudleys. It was, you know, it was as scared as I was. Uh, you know, how cool it was really overrode my fear. Right. Well, it was a memorable spot. People still talk about those spots. And I want to ask you about, I don't know how much you were around May. She was a hell of a character. Was, oh, she was. You know, I just saw something on Instagram. It's so great now that people can tag you and matches you totally forgot about. And I had a match against May and Mula. And, man, those two. I miss them. Yeah, me too. May's role in the wrestling in the beginning was not as a star. Her role in the wrestling in the beginning was as a policeman, meaning that if some girl got too big for her britches and didn't want to follow the commands and the orders mm. of the unscrupulous booker billy wolf who was uh, married to uh mildred burke uh may would straighten them out and, uh, and she would fi- fight their ass she'd beat them up that was her di- oh my gosh she, she was that the policeman it's her yeah it does right <laughs> and she had no fear i remember leroy mcgurk my first boss tory telling me he's in tulsa he was involved when when may tried out out of, she was at sand springs high school and i can't remember what moment it was it might have been mildred who was considered like the Hulk Hogan of the women. And she's only five feet tall. Uh, but she had those big biceps and she, that Rosie, the Riveter pose we see forever in the, you know, Rosie, mm-hmm. the Riveter. That was, that was Mildred Burke's image. So, uh, Mildred came to Tulsa and, uh, somehow or another Leroy arranged for, uh, Johnny May young to, uh, to try out. 
and they beat the shit out of the champion because she didn't know how to work. She thought it was a shoot. Oh, and so they wow. had to stop it real quick because they were afraid May was going to actually hurt Mildred Burke. I think it was Mildred Burke. It's either Mildred Burke, June Byers, somebody big, the top-of-the-line talent. And they knew then they had something. And uh, But she was a character, man. I mean, I, I remember once her, she had to do something with, I think, Maven in the ring. And, like, she, her crotch had to be in his face. And I remember she put fish, <laughs> she put food in her crotch just to rib him. Oh, no wonder he's not in the dentist anymore. <laughs> He has a he has a he has a quote unquote bad taste in his mouth. <laughs> well, uh, we had we had a locker room full of characters, uh, without a doubt. And the one thing I, I, I'm writing my second book, the sequel to Slobberknocker, and uh, one thing I'm talking about in there at, at at some point is how the locker room dynamic changed when uh, we and talent relations fulfilled Mr. McMahon's wishes and hired a bunch of tens and very sexy athletic women. It was a, it was a big change for the, the locker room area because heretofore, the only women that were backstage were the occasional valet, a scary Sherry, Martell, you know, Miss Elizabeth. They're, they're one-offs. And now you got a locker room or two full of beautiful women hanging around catering and backstage. And uh, I, used, I told Vince, this is going to change the whole dynamic of the locker room. He, he didn't quite get it until he got it. What was the difference? What was the dynamic like? Were there jealousy from some of the men because you're getting key minutes off the television? Uh, or, or was it just there a... There was some of that. There was, I don't know if jealousy was the right word, but there would be snide remarks made, uh, you know, to me uh, that I never really took to heart that, you know, where I might get more of a crowd reaction and some guy's busting his ass and I'm just shaking mine. Frustration, I'm sure. But that I think that just kind of you're gonna see that anywhere. Yeah. The biggest exactly. thing that I saw with the females is that, you know, it in theory it all sounds great. You want all these tens that are athletic and everything, but then there's so many other things to factor in. Like, can they handle being on the road 300 days a year? Can they handle a male locker room atmosphere and hang with the guys and not get too emotional? Um, you know, are they willing to push past being sore every day from taking bumps? You know, there's so many other factors. I have always thought, and I, and I may be wrong, and admit it's me my old schoolness of being a father of two daughters. I've always thought that uh, having a wrestling relationship where both the male and the female are in the business was a little bit daunting because I, I've seen situations where women that were married to wrestlers and they're both they're both buying for television time. There's issues there that do you share that philosophy or yeah, it, I don't, I, I understand what you're saying. I don't necessarily share that philosophy, but I can see how, uh, you know, I think what, no matter what business you're in, if one person's getting more being celebrated more than the other, it kind of starts to feel like the relationship is a little unbalanced. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, if you're the, it's feeling like you're the inferior one, it can definitely cause issues because then you're trying to prove yourself. Um, but at the same time, relationships, shoot, we're on the road so much. It's like, if you can have a relationship that works, it's kind of nice to have someone on the road with you. Yeah, I can, that I can see wholeheartedly. My, my issue is that if you don't have great communication as a couple, and if you don't have mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the respect of, the, of uh, your spouse or your significant other in this case, 
you, you, those things are missing, like any other relationship. It's not going to last long. It's not, it's not, it's no. Not gonna be, you know, so. And trust. Like, you got to trust. I mean, you're both being surrounded by a lot of temptation, and you're not always going to be together. So you got to trust each other. Right. And that's challenging for any relationship, without a doubt. I heard there's going to make some changes. WWE is going to make some changes in the presentation of the Hall of Fame. Don't know if that's accurate or not, but uh, what I read or heard was that it may it may not be so dependent on uh, presenters. Yeah, that's what I've been told. Uh, hopefully, they'll be able to cut down on the ceremony a little bit, so some some of those wrestlers can get back to the hotel and sleep before the big day. <laughs> right, that helps. That's why I always thought yeah. that the uh, Hall of Fame was perfectly placed on Friday night. I know there's other other things at play. But by doing it on Friday night, when I was in charge of talent, it was always the the, the motto was, let's get these cats the opportunity to go to bed, rest, because mm-hmm. we need everything they have and a little bit more at WrestleMania. So would it be safe to say that if you have an inductor, it will be a female? Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Why not? I mean, it's, it's a great rub for them, and it, it also solidifies the, how, how impactful women are now in the business, which is... Can you imagine how much fun you would have in today's marketplace if oh. you were if it was 2001 and you're just getting started oh, and no. learning and, and had a performance center to go to to polish your skills and not being oh. and not lear- learning on the run and all that stuff? That's yeah, hey, I, that's, that's challenging, man. Challenging. It's it's but it's really cool for them. Really cool. So uh, you're on. Uh, you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, Instagram, you're on, you're on everything, right? Is it all at Tori Wilson? It's all uh, Tori Wilson on Instagram and Tori11 on Facebook and Twitter. Okay. Where'd the 11 come from? I don't know. Actually, it was actually the day I got married. I'm still using the number 11, even though I'm divorced. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <sighs> uh, being, di- being, being divorced is not a bad thing. It happens in all, it happens in yeah, the best of families, right? It happens in the best of yeah. families. Do you, see, do you keep in touch with Stacey Keeper at all? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I still see her. How's she doing? She's doing great. She's got her second little baby. She has a little baby boy now who's under a year, and uh, she's just a great mom. I bet. What a great soul she had. There's, there's women that I've managed in this job I had that I really wanted them to find something better. And you mm. and Stacy were two of those people. I thought, this is good for now. It's good name identity. Make a few bucks. Mm-hmm. You're smart. You'll save some of it. Create business relationships and experiences. But man, you guys had so much. It just didn't seem to be, because I had a very poor opinion of the women uh, as human beings, no different than their peers, the men of that generation. It was a very seedy mm-hmm. kind of a you know, carny-like uh, environment. Could be, yeah. Could be, yeah. You know, it's really cool with her because she's like someone that has traveled and experienced things as I have. Like, we both experienced wrestling, which you don't really understand unless you've been there. We've both had some really highs, really big highs, really big lows, seen a lot, and we still have the same thinking that at the end of the day, it's basically who you are on the inside that matters above all. Absolutely. And, and and don't compromise your beliefs and your principles, no matter what. It's not going to forge your career in any degree. Because people that are making decisions know that if you're taking the bait for something unscrupulous, that you'd take a, you'll take the bait again for somebody else. And 
It's just not a good. Mm-hmm. It's not a good scenario to be in. Do uh, you still sign autographs for your Playboy cover? I still do. Yeah. Because I figure they're collectors' yeah. items now. I mean, all due respect. They are. Yeah. Last cool. time I signed one, I, I I looked at the date and I was like, oh my god, I think I need to scribble the date out of this now. This is like <laughs> feeling way too old. <laughs> yeah, tell, tell them you're a teen. You fake you your you fake your age. That phony ID. <laughs> Uh, well, listen, uh, you're doing great things at Tori 11 on Twitter. She's a great follow and she doesn't wear you out folks. So if you're, you want somebody that's not going to work, beef up your timeline, it won't, but only with good stuff, I suggest uh, <laughs> voluntary. So uh, what do you, other than your, uh, hall of fame induction and are you're, you've got to write your own speech, right? I am. Um, yes. I've been working on it. Good. Less is more. Yeah. And, uh, you know <laughs> yes. that. Well, the, t- the attention span of everybody depends on when you go on. If well, you're go- yeah, and you know, I just really want for I really want to be able to share something with people that they can walk away with and feel like they know me a little better. And it's not just wrestling stories and thank yous, but like kind of like something I've been able to walk away from the wrestling business with. Great, that's good. And well, that'd be, uh, that'd be good. in under ten minutes. <laughs> wow! Well, man, you you may be you may get the MVP award. You've already you've already risen the popularity poll. If everybody would adhere to the, t- but you know it won't. The DX the DX uh, acceptance will probably be half an hour. Yeah, I hope I'm before them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know when I went uh, when I went in the Hall of Fame, I was the first one up, and oh, that was a, lucky you. and I was the first one up, and Dusty was the last one up, uh, and I had uh, this old bald headed guy named Stone Cold Steve Austin as my inductor. So mm. I, I, I salted the well. I already knew what I was going to get because he got a huge ovation coming out. He, he, he didn't write a damn word down about me. He just inducted me with what he's felt and what he believed. And it was just great. I, I, I don't, I, I can, mm. I can, I can close my eyes right now, Tori, and look out in the crowd there in Detroit, 2007 to see my wife crying. She was so oh. moved by the whole, oh, it was great. Uh, you know, and people care. They, the standing ovations, uh, the, we love that. We, you love it. I love it. We want to be, yeah. we all want to be, uh, received with respect and, and love and admiration, no matter if it's our, like I said earlier, our relationship in life or our business relationship. And certainly as a performer, if you don't have that trait as a performer, you ain't going to last long. You're just not. No, you, people got to love you or hate you or else you're in trouble. Yeah. You can't be Geneva. You, you don't want to be Switzerland neutral. You got to have some, <laughs> yeah. move, move the needle a little bit. Well, listen, uh, I really thank you so much for jumping on with us this week. I'm very, very proud of your of your uh, induction to the Hall of Fame. I I remember uh, so vividly that at the TV tapings, uh, when everybody came to both tapings at that time, uh, mm-hmm. as, as best I recall, that you were running the bleachers up and down, up and down. Oh, I loved doing that. And and and, and we men loved watching you run those bleachers. Oh gosh. <laughs> no, so, but I, I told somebody this. Everyone always asked me if I was going to do the bleachers today. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Because we knew you weren't going to run in overalls or coveralls. You were going to oh, run okay. in your workout gear. Uh, so, and but the the people don't realize what, how amazing condition you were in, and it was because even at TV days, you were you had a major workout before we ever started. Because those bleachers are can be treacherous, quite frankly. Uh, their beef yeah and you did it and that i remember that vividly it's just i don't sound like a sicko or pervert or something but <laughs> no. yeah, you got a beautiful blonde woman five seven five eight running the bleachers 
sometimes it takes your attention away from what you're actually sitting there to do. <laughs> it was much more interesting than some of the matches that we called, quite frankly, to be honest. Not your matches, but other matches. So, uh, but I, I'm glad I'm, I can spice up people's day. Absolutely, absolutely, in a very harmless way. And, and you were getting in great shape. I just don't think people realize of all the women on the roster in that attitude era, you arguably were the best conditioned one of the bunch because I didn't see any other women running. They all, they like to pump and get a cut and you know, get a little tricep and all this other stuff. But man, you were, yeah. you were a cardio machine. And I thought that was just awesome. And, you know, I think, I don't think enough wrestlers run today. It's all about look. Well, it's hard when you're, you know, the, the hard part is when you're tired and you're on the road all the time. It's sometimes that's the last thing you want to do, but it's also the most important thing. Exactly. Right. Whether we want to or not. Well, you've had a great career. It's not nearly over. You're doing a lot of exciting things. Folks, keep up with Tori again uh, on social media. Uh, and again, I follow her on Twitter at Tori Wilson. Or Tori 11, right? Tori 11. Tori 11, yep. Yeah. And the number 11, folks. So for those of you that are wondering, I don't get, a, I don't get okay. your email. Are you talking about these, these fellow ELE or is it to numbers? No, it's the numbers, kids. Tori no, 11. Right. Yeah, you should. And right now, while you're looking at your phone, go ahead and follow. And look, thank yeah. you so much for jumping on. I respect you. I think the world of you. Uh, you've always Likewise. been a, a great pro and a great lady. Thank and I you. have always respected you for those things and many more. So thanks for jumping on today, kiddo. Thanks for having me, JR. Hope to see you up there. Uh, me too. I hope so too. Take care and have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. I appreciate Tori Wilson joining us here on the program. A sweetheart of a lady. Man, she's in great shape. She is in such great shape, and she's focused. And she has such a great outlook on life, philosophy. Uh, I'm just happy to say she's my friend. Congratulations, Tori. You deserve it, no matter what some of these idiots may say that know the answer to everything. Uh, moving in now to Slavin Rocker of the Week. Well, there's some good candidates for this this week. Uh, uh, one, I, I start off alf- alphabetically, Bob Armstrong. 79 years old, folks. He's the patriarch of the renowned Armstrong family, one of the great, great wrestling families in the history of the wrestling business. Uh, you know, uh, and he, uh, he had his last match uh, uh, just recently, hours ago, in Pensacola at age 79. It was his boss' 59th year as a pro wrestler. And I understand his uh, family was all there, including the Road Dog, uh, Hall of Famer himself. Bob, of course, the Hall of Famer. He's a class act. Bob Armstrong was the classic example of what a territory babyface must be to establish longevity and productivity. No doubt. And right now, let me tell you something. That old former Marine still a hell of a man. Michael Bisping, I met uh, with Kurt Angle out in Arizona on a pay-per-view we did, Crazy Venture. Uh, and uh, Michael is going into the USC Hall of Fame. I found him to be extremely engaging. Michael Bisping would have been one of the great pro wrestling villains in recent memory if he had chosen that path. Great talker, great instincts, and a tough son of a gun. So cheers to Michael Bisbing uh, on his uh, the announcement he's going into the USC Hall of Fame. Good dude. Good dude. Man, he's, a, he's a fighter. Man. He's a real fighter. 
Uh, thought Dave Batista should be nominated for the Sovereign Rocker of the Week with a very strong promo. It wasn't too long, thank God. I don't know what whose who's vision it is. It can't be Vince's vision. That the longer the promo, the better that it is. Are we crazy? Are we that insecure? Good God. That's that whole deal, like I said with Vince earlier. Tell me what time it is, not how to make the watch, JR. Yes, sir. Uh, Chris Jericho gets a nomination for his voicemail, a message to Cody on the uh, last Road to, Road to Double or Nothing uh, web episode. Very funny. Check it out. Listen to him every week. Uh, I'm going to give Travis Brown a nomination for Slavin Rock of the Week because he knocks some slaughter out of that dude's face for that forearm shot. That was a forearm shiver personified. A slobber knocker of a hit. I'd, Travis Brown would be a handful. I've watched him fight many times in USC. You, ain't got, you don't have to look for him. He's there to fight. I like the Chicago crowd on Monday night. Did a good job uh, when things needed help. At least they weren't Lafayette. Did a good job. I love Chicago. Uh, I guess just because of the ridiculous pay, you kind of give got to give Mike Trout a nomination. Twelve years, four hundred thirty million. Really, it's all about marketing, building a new stadium, because there's no way in hell that you can expect a full payout of productivity, and asking for a twelve-year career. Uh, and in and, and, and a guaranteed money situation. I would have front-loaded that, that, ba- that bastard. Or or maybe they just say, no, we'll, we'll kind of like amortize it. We'll, just, we'll pay him less and pay him for more years. And bottom line is $430 million. And I just don't believe that any ball player in the world is worth $430 million. Sorry, old school, yeah. Case closed, Ernie. Because I'd rather fight a man than make love to a woman. Kofi Kingston had a great appearance. The gauntlet was wonderful. He's over. He's ready. Strike with the orange heart, hot WWE. You have rediscovered lightning in a bottle from an unlikely source who's only been around 11 years. He had it when he wrestled Randy Orton in the garden. I call that match. I remember it. He was ready then, and they WWE lost it. They disconnected from Kofi at that time. Now, time is, we've come full circle. He's back. I hope they don't miss the mark this time. And ladies and gentlemen, the Sovereign Rock of the Week, I talked about her earlier, Sue Aitchison, over 30 years of WWE service. She does most of the organiza- organizing of the uh, uh, Make-A-Wish. I think I read where she had done been a part of over 6,000 Make-A-Wish appearances of the WWE superstars. Uh, to uh, seriously ill children, many of them terminal. Susie's a wonderful person. I mentioned she's from Wales. And I also mentioned that after she and I had a couple of cocktails, neither of us could understand what the other was saying. She from Wales, me from Oklahoma. I love Susie. Good woman. Uh, credit to the wrestling business. And I'm not, as I mentioned earlier, it's going to piss off some people. I'm not, I don't mean that, but... All I'm saying is that Sue Aitchison is 
would be a great name for an award. Just saying. Congratulations, Susie. Congratulations. You certainly are deserving. And that's the Slaughter Knocker of the Week. I'm sitting at one of the good firehouses. No pet raccoons are overdosing here. Well, please show up, you Narcanny. Well, once again, ladies and gentlemen, we are at one of my favorite parts of the show, the Pet Coon Goofy Award. I love this. It's just fun. And it's fun pointing out the misery of others. Don't we all love that? Don't we love the dirt? Did you get the sheets? Did you get the dirt? (laughs) Oh, Lordy. Uh, Pet Coon Goofy Award. Well, here's the thing. There's There's some humor in this deal. First of all, it was suggested that we talk about Carlos Santana. I'm thinking, well, Carlos Santana's got a new album. He's a legend, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest guitarists of all time, rock and roller. He's got a new album coming out. But no. Uh, Rafael Morphy is a baseball, former baseball player, some regard, put at Boston College. And uh, Cardinal, Cardinal Malloy High School in New York City. Hot shot. He slips in Carlos Santana, the baseball player, who admitted to taking a bat to the TV in the Phillies clubhouse late last season when he learned that multiple teammates oh, gasp, were playing the popular video game of Fortnite during a September game after Philadelphia had been eliminated from postseason contention. I mean, get some more dirt there. I know a PR guy in that Philadelphia area that might be able to give me some more information on that deal. Uh, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, my God. Boy, you talk about a team that needs leadership and maturity and uh, dropping their set. That's the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't know where their heart is, but it's maybe on a milk carton someplace. But right now it's lost. Embarrassing. A lot of talent, but not a lot of leadership from what I see. Could be wrong. Uh I think it's Pet Coon Goofy to continue to book music interrupts that people, especially baby faces, fall for. It's making said baby face look like Ned in the first reader. And this week's Pet Coon Goofy Award will go to, speaking of wrestling, Kurt was on the spot to announce uh, Baron Corbin as his WrestleMania opponent. People got to understand, I think most of us that were not overwhelmed, as a matter of fact, as I quoted, underwhelmed about that announcement was it, it spoke more to Corbin than it did to Kurt's retirement. I don't know how many more chances WWE, of course, Jerry Briscoe has this way. They'll sign more, but I don't know how many more, uh, Olympic gold medalists the WWE is going to sign going forward. You hope more, right? Kurt Angle was a once in a lifetime guy. And maybe some people are saying, well, maybe his tenure in TNA, Impact Wrestling, tarnishes his legacy. I think that's bullshit. Uh, He is one of the all-time greats in the game, period. I I heard uh, Busted Open's Dave LaGreca said he was in his top 10, all-time top 10. That's a pretty good recommendation, by the way. So, uh, and I think that's kind of what this is all about. I think people embrace Kurt leaving. He's gone through so many trials and tribulations. Uh, he, you know, 
the be, trying to address his drug and alcohol issues, which he has, God bless. Uh, he was a workhorse and a war horse there in WWE for many, many years. He was huge. He came along when we needed a star. And so whether he left and went to Impact, which he did, or not, to me, is absolutely irrelevant to this issue. Apparently, it may not be to some people. I don't know. But I think the winner of the Pepkin Goofy Award goes to those that have undersold the importance of this legendary performer's final match. And maybe also it's because in pro wrestling, when you say you're going to retire, it means nothing. Maybe that's part of our fault. Guys retiring and then coming back for payday. But nonetheless, the, so the, the presentation of Kurt Angle's last match to me, unequivocally, is the Pet Coon Goofy Award winner of this week. What the hell is this? What the hell is this? Well, still to come here, my conversation with Eric Bischoff. We caught Eric uh, earlier today. As you know, a new show escapes every Wednesday. So earlier on Wednesday morning, Eric and I caught up. And he was uh, getting ready to fly from Cody, Wyoming, to Chicago. More on that in a few minutes. Busy guy. A lot of things going on. Folks, this week in wrestling, uh, a lot of interesting uh, submissions this week. Uh, and really some fun things that I were big in my career. Or memorable, I should say, as well. 28 years ago. Uh, WCW New Japan presented the WCW New Japan Super Show from the Tokyo Dome. It was packed. It was a it was amazing, huge uh, crowd. That's when I hear New Japan say they're going to try to do thirty thousand people. The building seats fifty, I think. Uh, that would always be my goal for your big show. Sell out your big show, right? But nonetheless, that was a great trip. Uh, I made a. I was able to go to a bathhouse. Uh, I'm not going to mention who all went with me because some of them are still married. It was an interesting trip, shall we say. It was it was exploring a part of the culture of Japan that I truly enjoyed. That was the night that uh, Tatsumi Fujinami defeated Ric Flair to win the NWA World Heavyweight title. Uh, I and Tony Schiavone and I were over there together. Uh, we did the wraparounds. Uh, then when the, we got back to uh, Atlanta... Uh, we did the matches in a voiceover session, kind of like Josh Barnett and I used to do for New Japan uh, shows for Access TV. It, you lose something. You, you'd lose something uh, with the translation. It's just hard. If you're not there, uh, you can be as good as you want to be, but it's still not the same. 25 years ago, WWF presented WrestleMania 10. I watched it from my confines of my home in Wilton, Connecticut. I was my services were not needed that night. I, and this one year before that, I was a darling of the, darling of the dance, darling of the ball. Uh, WrestleMania 10, 10 years of making from Madison Square Garden. Uh, it was uh, uh, Owen. Remember Owen and Brett had their great match. But it was terrific. And but a lot of folks remember that WrestleMania 10 for. Uh, the latter match involving Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. It was a, it was a, it was a dandy too. And now by today's standards of daredevils and I don't mind going out this way, uh, techniques, <laughs> uh, it seems mild. It wasn't, it isn't, but you know, the, the bar has been raised amazingly from that WrestleMania 10 ladder match. 
22 years ago, WrestleMania 13. Oh, yeah, baby. Rose my horizon. It was hot. Crowd was great. Uh, and uh, it was a match, a card where, much like WrestleMania 18, where uh, at, in Chicago it was Bret Hart and Stone Cold in a submission match with Ken Shamrock as the referee. Awesome. That was one of the best executed uh, matches from every participant's perspective that I can remember seeing on that larger scale. It should have closed the show in hindsight. Much like The Rock and, and Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 18. In hindsight, they should have closed the show. 18 years ago, there was a lot of uh, internet speculation, a lot of doubt that WWE was going to buy the WCW uh, brand. Uh, and, of course, uh, that was not to be. We did buy it. And it was, it, it was not a... It wasn't a long consideration because what we bought was the library. And the fact of the, it wasn't just the WCW library. It was other libraries that WCW owned, including a lot of Crockett stuff. And I, I want to say some Mid-South stuff. I'm not sure about that. But it was a big day. 18 years ago. Man, time flies, huh? Another vivid memory, the main event of the last Nitro from Panama City, Florida. Ric Flair versus Sting. How appropriate. 17 years ago, the WWF held its first ever draft from the Bryce Jordan Center in State College, Pennsylvania. The number one overall draft pick going to SmackDown, The Rock. The number two overall pick going to Raw, The Undertaker. I never was a big fan of these drafts. I was told in 2008, before the draft in San Antonio, I asked a WWE television executive, are, are, are King and I staying together? He looks at me like I got three heads. We think we're crazy. Come on, JR, give us a little credit. We're not going to break up Madden and Summerall. You guys are cool. Sort of God that happened. Of course, the rib was on me, right? Now, of course, the, the, the excuse can be, well, that was changed. We changed our mind after that. Okay. Sure you did. But bottom line, I'm not a big fan of the drafts whatsoever. Another example of bad communication. I'll take my share of the blame. Bad communication all around. No reason to lie to someone unless you're going to use the excuse. Well, after we spoke and I said no way, somebody wink, wink, unknown, not mentioned, brought it up, and Vince liked it. I think some of them liked it just to see my reaction. That was that, the way of inter- I guess their lives are so mundane and so controlled that they just bask in the misery of others. Sad, huh? Now let's move on to something that is happy. That's the birthdays this week. Uh, Wednesday, March 20th, Matt Taven, who had a really strong night uh, at the uh, last Ring of Honor pay-per-view, that 60-minute bro- uh, Broadway, the draw. First time I ever refereed a pro wrestling match was in Tulsa. I'm walking, getting ready to walk to the ring uh, uh, the, before the first match is introduced. And the, my, the Leo Voss was helping me to learn to referee. He said, did they tell you the finish? And nobody told me the finish because 
they weren't sure I was smart to the business and they would have been right. I was not totally smart to the business. So he said, well, they're doing a Broadway. Tretch Phillips and Mike George are doing a Broadway. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to, you know, underscore my ignorance. And he looked, he could tell by the look on my face that I didn't have a damn clue what a Broadway was. And Broadway is simply a time limit draw. Now some kid on, uh, on Instagram or Twitter knows that. Funny, huh? Well, kind of unusual. So anyway, Matt Taven, 34, homicide, 42 on Wednesday. And my old friend, Steve Borden, the stinger, 60 years old, hard to believe. I remember the first time I saw him, he was a, he was at the side of uh, Jim Helwig, the dingo warrior, the ultimate warrior. Uh, and, uh, the sting would have been had no, sting would have been known as the, the, uh, stable one. <laughs> Happy birthday, big man. Great guy. G- good human being. And one of my great, some of the great rewards I have in this business are the relationships I've been able to make over the years. Uh, sting would certainly be on that list. On Thursday, uh, Kevin Federline will be 41. How did he make the birthdays, Jr.? Well, here's why. It says here he beat John Cena on Raw New Year's Day in 2007. Do you know why I don't remember that, nor do I give a shit? Because I had asked for that day off. For the first day off I'd asked for, and the whole time I was in WWE, to go to the uh, uh, go to Phoenix uh, to go to the OU Boise State game, their bowl game. And... Uh, that was the game that uh, Boise State upset Oklahoma in overtime in one of the most thrilling football games ever played. Where was I at? I was in my room in Miami watching uh, the fourth quarter of the game and killing my mini bar. I was very disappointed. I couldn't go see my Sooners. I was, <laughs> I don't want to go. Connie, I love those cheeks. Chris Candido, the late Chris Candido, died in 2005. He had been 47. Boy, he's a young guy. Golly. Uh, former WWE tag champ. A good old Tom Pritchard, Dr. Tom. Uh, yeah, Chris was a – that's just sad. He had a lot to offer. You know, a lot to offer. On Friday, March 22nd, uh, Terry Gordy's son, Ray, who was in WWE for a while, is Jesse along with Festus, who's now playing the role of uh, Luke Gallows. <laughs> God almighty. Uh, Ray Gordy's 40, lovely mama. Well, he's got a lovely mom. Uh, and Connie Gordy. I follow her on Facebook. And that's Terry's son. Jimbo Covert, 59. He was a former Super Bowl champ of the Chicago Bears. Dove Bears. Uh, he was in a battle royal at WrestleMania too, if you remember. Wayne Bloom, 61 on Friday. Uh, he was Bo Beverly in WWE, big star in AWA as well. His son, Cal Bloom, uh, just signed to NXT. We wish him well. He told me on Twitter the other day he's going to be the next big thing in WWE. I hope he's right. Why not? Somebody's going to do it. Like Granny said, somebody's going to do it. Why not you, Jimmy? On Saturday, March 22nd, Travis Tomko is 43. I remember Travis had a big upside. I thought he, I thought he might be something. I thought he might be bigger than he was. But he's a real nice guy, smart guy. 
he's probably better off what he's doing now, quite frankly. Mark Hunt, who lost to Brock Lesnar at USC 200. I was there with my friend Derek Stevens, the owner of the D uh, Casino and uh, Hotel and Casino and down on Fremont Street there in Las Vegas, my favorite place to stay in town. Because one of the reasons is I like the long bar. And the other reason is I like uh, Andy Amos Italian Steakhouse on the second floor. Best meatballs I've ever had in my entire life. I, I said that in front of my wife. who used to make great meatballs as well. She says, uh, you're right. On Sunday, Lacey Evans, who I mentioned was on the Lillian Garcia podcast, will be 29. Great upside. Love her game. Get her in the ring, man, and, and, and push her to the next level. Push her to the next level. And the way you do that with, with the alpha women like that is you, you have to physically push them to the next level and then incorporate the mental aspect of crowd psychology along with their physicality, where the physicality becomes almost a, a, a trained reflex. And the ring psychology is something they got to devote more time and obviously thought to. Happy birthday, Lacey. Uh, Lana will be 30, 34. Of course, that's the wife of Rusev. 34 years old. She, didn't, she doesn't look mid-30s. But you know when you're a diva or a former diva, a woman's wrestler, and you're 34, you're thinking about it. Epico is 37, former tag champ with Primo. Barry Horowitz. Horowitz wins. Horowitz wins. I got more feedback on the Horowitz wins call when he had not won a match. He finally won one on television. And I went crazy like, you know, Giants won the pennant. Giants won the pennant. A lot of people remember that. Gorgeous George. Man, he started off for a lot of guys. You look back all you want, all the shooters, all the tough guys. And, and Leroy McGurk told me that gorgeous George, George Wagner, was a tough bastard. He's a junior heavyweight, about 215, but he could wrestle. Real. And uh, he would have been 104. 104 on Sunday. He died in 63 of a heart attack. Lost a ton of money on a damn turkey farm. Like a lot of guys, man, he's going to outsmart the system and invest in things he wasn't familiar with and get in over your head, and there's where you are. Uh, and finally, on Sunday, the amazing, my friend Mark Calloway, the Undertaker, will be 54 on Sunday. A finer man I've never met. Seven-time WWE and world champion. Seven-time tag champion, doesn't matter how many titles he's won. The mark of a great wrestler is not how many fictional titles that they have been anointed or cast with. The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, is a credit to the wrestling business. And I'm excited that uh, uh, very soon uh, a crew will be joining me in my home in Norman to uh, film a, a piece uh, on a big production that they're doing with The Undertaker uh, for somewhere down the road. With me leaving, it's good to catch all that stuff while I'm still under contract. It's all good. Life is good, folks. It really is. Uh, on Monday, Jumbo Saruta is 68. He, he would have been 68. He died in 2000. Complication of a kidney transplant. And finally on Tuesday, Mike Mundo, 36. He was on the Spirit Squad, if you remember. And another uh, tag team aficionado of La Resistance. Sylvan Grenier will be, will be 42 on Tuesday. So I want to wish all these folks, these men, these women, everybody, 
A very happy birthday, and whatever you do, folks, remember, good old JR's got the cake. You've got mail. Let's check out this week's mailbag here on uh, our broadcast. We appreciate you joining us for. Uh, you know, this new show drops every Wednesday. You know that. Uh, and we appreciate you being here and telling a friend about it. Uh, speaking of podcasts, my uh, Conrad Thompson and I are definitely going to be doing a new podcast together. Uh, we don't have a name for it yet. Uh, but Conrad's got a million ideas, as do I. And probably they all have something to do with food. But that's to be determined, right? So uh, I'm thinking that after WrestleMania, at some point, either the week after, two weeks after, somewhere after WrestleMania, somewhat soon, we will debut our new show. This show will, it will replace this show. And it will be uh, a new venture for Westwood One and a new venture for Conrad and I, who are going to be 50-50 partners in this proposition. Looking forward to it a lot. Some of the elements that we have here, we'll, we hope that we can uh, utilize some of, the, some of the components, but it will be a fresh new show, and it should be a ball buster. So Conrad and I will make sure that happens if we can. Uh, so let's take a look at the mailbag. Remember, thejimrossreport at gmail.com is how you, you get in the, on the radar here. Uh, Robert in Chicago says, what do you think about the WWE paying, playing hot potato with certain titles? Well, here's the thing, uh, Robert. It's a, it's a creative weakness. It's a knee-jerk thing uh, to change titles uh, on a, such a frequent basis. It does nothing for the titles. It really does very little for the individuals involved in the transaction. So I am not a fan of, of uh, uh, frequent title changes. I'm really not. And then when you add the number of titles that are in question, to be them, changing them on a more frequent basis, I think is a uh, waste of time. I think it's lazy creative. That's my take on that deal. Uh, Benjamin Thomas. Hey, Jim, big fan. Uh, question, do you think that you'll be a part of the festivities on the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager uh, Part 2? I hope so. I, I hope so, uh, Benjamin. Uh, we've discussed that. I, I, I want to go. So if there's a spot for me uh, on the uh, cruise, uh, you can count on it. I will definitely be there. Uh, had a great time. As much fun as I've had on a wrestling-related promotion ever. Uh, ChrisJerichoCruise.com is how you get information. But you've heard a lot of I, – I don't think I've heard anybody, at least to me, that had a bad time on that last one. So I hope I'm a part of it, Benjamin, and that's that's the plan right now. John Geis wants to know – that. well, first of all, he wants to tell me he loves the podcast. I appreciate that. What, what's your take on the lack of use of the great tag team of Anderson and Gallows by WWE? They're so underutilized. Well, you've pretty well nailed that one, John. They are underutilized. But that's not unusual. As I mentioned earlier in the show, it's not unusual that you could say that about a lot of tag teams that are talented. First of all, there's not any untalented tag teams in WWE. Let's get that clear. There's a lot of good ones. But until the company makes a concerted effort to put the time, energy, and create creativity in the tag team division, much like they have resurrected the women's wrestling over the last few years, 
this is what you're going to get, unfortunately. Steve is in Manchester, England. With your booking hat on, I was wondering how could you have booked Sting's WWE run in 2014? Well, he would not have lost at WrestleMania. I didn't understand. That helped nobody. It was not a feel-good moment. Handshake or no handshake, it was poor strategy, poor booking, in my opinion. And if it had been, if it had got over like a million bucks, I'd have said, well, no, they got it. They were right, and I was wrong. I just don't believe that's the case this time. He needed to get some wins. People wanted, people wanted to see Sting win in a WWE ring. Why Sting was not allowed to win in a WWE ring is unfathomable. The second time I used that word. Uh, so that's my take on that, Steve. Thanks for getting with us here from Manchester, UK. Uh, Peter Sutherland has a question. Everyone's too down to inform these days, and it's been going on for years. I think it blurs fans' enjoyment of the product. There's absolutely no doubt that that social media has changed the game and has changed perception of a lot of things. Sports and entertainment, politics, uh, you know, you can you can blog, you can po- listen to podcasts on a zillion different topics. So, uh, yeah, it's too much information. It, it kills part, and there's no surprises hardly anymore. Uh, all it is is skepticism. And it's seemingly more people than not feel compelled and obligated to some degree, to provide their critiques and what went wrong. So they love to point out, once again, the half-empty glass. It's uh, too much. And that's why I, I don't read spoilers. I haven't read a spoiler in I don't know how long. I'm not in, I don't need that information. If I'm going to watch something, well, I, I want to correct myself. I have read spoilers of events that I had no intention of partaking in. Make sense? If I'm going to watch it, I don't want to know the spoilers. Why would I? I just I can't get it. So you're right, you're right, Peter. I think the social media world has it's influenced everything. And here's the, here's the, here's the other issue about that. If you're not, if you're a wrestling promoter or a talent, and you're not using social media. For all it's worth, you're screwing yourself. You're just not very smart. If you're a wrestler today and you got a you got a t-shirt store at ProWrestlingTees.com like I do, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Jim Ross, and you and you have a store or you have you have an event where they're selling tickets, then why wouldn't you use social media in all forms available? The women in WWE are better than the men in WWE at using social media. They seem to be more conscientious. They seem to get it more. And I don't know if maybe some of the guys think it's old school uh, to not do it, and you know they don't you know don't need to do it. Not paid for that. Whatever. Hello. Are you still selling shirts and you're getting a royalty? You're getting a sales commission on on goods sold. So why wouldn't you want more people to buy more goods? Don't outsmart yourself. So I'm a believer in the social media to answer your question. You, you can't live with it sometimes. You can't live without it at all. And uh, 
That's it for this week on the mailbag. Remember, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com is how to how to get a hold of us. And we appreciate your submissions and always participating. Because you are one lousy son of a Eric Bischoff's one of the busiest men in town, and my grandpa would say he's busier than a fruit merchant because everybody knows that fruit is a perishable entity. you got to sell them or they go bad. <laughs> so he's busier than a fruit merchant. In Chicago, big weekends. you got a big week in Chicago, don't you? Yeah, we've got a uh, Tony and I and Conrad have a, a combined show, What Happened When, 83 Weeks, um, coming up. It'll be the first time Tony and I have ever really done a show together with Conrad in the middle of it. It should uh it should be interesting, to say the least. I can't wait to see uh, see how this goes. Yeah, great city to landlock for a few days in Chicago, especially if, if you're still a red meat connoisseur. I am indeed. I am indeed. I can't go through there, Eric, without stopping at Gibson's, the one out by the uh, arena. I love that place. Gibson's is a great place. I'm, you know, I'm a Geno's Pizza, you know, aficionado, having lived in Chicago for a couple of years back in the early '80s. So, when I go back to Chicago, I've got, you know, it's, it's a target-rich environment for my <laughs> gastronomical excursions. <laughs> so you can actually remember the early '80s? B- barely. I mean, it was fun. So I, I yeah. bits and pieces of it. <laughs> I have selective memory. It depends on it depends on my audience. That's one thing that Vince used to scold me on the most is, God damn it, JR, you got to know your audience. You know, so, well, I need a filter, I guess, but, uh, or just common sense. But that was kind of my, uh, my theory there. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to also, th- you know, this week in Chicago, you said you're going to do the Man Cow uh, morning show. He's, he's a good friend and good guy. Uh, think a lot of him. Interesting cat, boy. He's an interesting dude. He belongs on radio. I know that. Yeah, he's wild. I've worked I've worked with him a couple times in the past and he's uh he's full of he's a very electric personality, let's put yep. it that way. But yeah, he yeah. he invited me to co host the uh the morning show tomorrow in Chicago, so that's uh, why I'm on my way in early. Good. And that'll be on Thursday for you folks here on the uh uh on listening wherever you are. Uh and I'm sure they have a website and a podcast and you can go back and re- retrieve the audio. So check that out. It'll be entertaining as hell, I know that. Uh, you mentioned Tony. You and Tony are going to be taking the stage together. Your New York City debut is the afternoon after WrestleMania, the afternoon just before a Monday Night Raw, which will be a hot ticket. And it's only steps away from the Barclays Center, I am told, by uh, the uh, world's greatest showrunner, Raphael Morphy, uh, which hosts the uh, – that's going to host the big event uh, for you guys. And I'm excited about that because – uh, oh, by the way, tickets are on sale. WHW83.com is how you get tickets. And it'll be a hell of a show. It's WHW, the number, 83.com. And, yeah, it should be fun. Like I said, this is, you know, Tony, it's really funny listening to Tony. You know, I drop in on his show every once in a while as, as I do yours and Bruce's and a couple others just to check in and see how they're progressing and, and, and be entertained. And Tony has really come into his own. You know, when I worked with Tony and, and you, Tony was like the least funny person that I knew. He was, you know, very, very cut and dry, not a big sense of humor, at least that I saw, and just kind of a, a workhorse, you know, just load him up, let him work, get his, he'll get his stuff done and get it done right. He wasn't really much of a, of a flamboyant or outgoing personality, at least when I was around him. And he has clearly emerged as one of the funniest people in professional wrestling at this point. I get a kick out of the show. So it's going to be fun. You know, working with Tony and and getting his perspective on 
all the things that went down prior to me coming to WCW during the time I was there, during the time I was running the company and, and afterwards. You know, he's got a very unique perspective that a few people I've shared the stage with has. So it'll be really fun and, and interesting. And I'm sure Conrad, being in the middle of it all, being the, you know, world-class shit disturber that he is, will, <laughs> yeah. will, 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 will clearly, you know, raise the, uh, raise the energy, no doubt. Yeah, it's going to be, it'll be a great show, folks. So you got, here's what you got there in that, there in that neighborhood on Monday. You got uh, this great show with Tony and Eric. WHW and the number 83.com. It's all the information you need, uh, more address, starting times, all that good stuff. But it's a four o'clock show. You got time to go to the show and the easy walk, seriously, to the uh, Barclays Center for Monday Night Raw, if that's on your agenda. And then guess what? After Monday Night Raw, uh, we're going to put Conrad to work again uh, with uh, Bruce and myself. I guess Bruce will be just coming fresh from the event because he's now on the back on the writing team. Did that surprise you when that happened? Uh, yes and no. I would say probably more no than yes. Uh, you know, Bruce and I are pretty tight and have been ever since we started working together in WWE back in 2002 or three, whatever it was. And we've remained, we became probably closer friends after he left WWE than we were when we were there. And, you know, he's, you know, kind of progressively getting more, have gotten more and more involved, you know, with, with Vince in particular in WWE and, a, you know, a couple of different one-off projects. And I kept seeing, you know, the number of those projects and the, the weight of them kind of increasing over the past year or so. So I, I think it was a natural evolution and I'm happy to see it. I'm happy for Bruce. I'm happy for Vince. I think having Bruce there, somebody that he worked with for so many years, in so many different situations will be a, a sense of, I don't know, not comfort necessarily, but as you know, you know, when it comes to creative and, and strategy and tactics and all of the things that go into making something successful, a lot of it is chemistry. You know, it's, it, 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 the, the biggest part of creative, I think, in our business is far more art than it is science. And, and by that, I mean so much of it comes down to instinct. And instinct is oftentimes born or shaped by experience. And I think having somebody like Bruce there with Vince in a familiar kind of history and experiences will, will help the chemistry and ultimately help the product. That's my take. I think you're right. And I think that uh, Bruce will be behind closed doors a great uh, filter for Vince, so to speak. In other words, Bruce has had an, has enough experience and has worked with Vince enough hours, probably more than anybody alive, that uh, uh, you know he knows he has the rela- relationship to tell Vince. Vince, I think you're wrong on this one, and do it in a respectful way that Vince will listen to and not build up throw up his his uh, you know his roadblocks. Because uh, I know from experience in that same basic in another role close to Vince that he likes to be. You know, he, he wants you to tell him what time it is, not how to make the watch, uh, like I am here on the show sometimes. And, uh, and, and, and he wants to be challenged, but it's a matter of how you challenge him, where you challenge him and who else is present. And my, as that's my two cents on that deal. And Bruce knows all those idiosyncrasies. Yep. No, I think it'll be good for everybody. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, WrestleMania weekend? Other than your big show of Monday afternoon, anything else on your agenda? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be signing. Tony and I will be signing over at Russell Kong and 
doing the, the whole autograph thing, and then of course the show on Monday the eighth. But beyond that, I'm kind of keeping. I didn't get invited to anything. So <laughs> Me neither. I'm not, not going to be partaking in any of the uh, the WWE events. But, you know, I'll be in town, and there's enough going on that I'm sure I'll be able to find some kind of way to keep myself yeah. busy. I think in so. An interesting yet safe environment. <laughs> it's only it's only New York City, Eric, for God's sake. You'll yeah. Figure out, you'll, mean, figure, you'll figure out something. There's got to be something to do, right? Yeah, I hear you. Well, I'm kind of in the same boat. I got, I'm doing three shows, but I'm not invited to anything else. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, that's so much boohoo for that. Uh, by the way, you know, my, my contract with WWE ends on Friday, March 29th and, uh, left on great, great terms with Vince. I didn't think I had any issues with it. And I, and I, so I didn't think I'd have a big move of the needle, but I feel kind of relieved. I think people didn't understand the fact that, you know, when you're an empty nester to all the way around, kids are gone, no wife, uh, no pets and you're an alpha male. And you kind of used to being around people and, and being involved, man. It's a miserable sentence to be sentenced to your home. Like I felt like I was under ha- at house arrest, and I got a great place, all that good. You know what I mean? Emotionally, it was just a, the shits. So uh, I last year I was booked twice. I had a great deal, made a lot of money. I wouldn't use very much, but uh, that wasn't my call. So. This will let me do other projects and get more involved in things and, and try to keep myself busy in a quote unquote manageable schedule. I hear you, you know, and it's, you know, you and I are probably a lot alike in that respect. And it's one of the reasons that I keep myself busy more or less as an entrepreneur and pursuing, you know, selling television shows and movies and all that kind of stuff is that I can't sit still. I'll never retire. I mean, sitting around with nothing to do, but, trying to find something to do is i think yeah it's horrible yeah it, it's 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 not jail it's not a federal prison but psychologically and emotionally it, that's it it's really hard for people yeah. like you and i to sit around and not have a mountain to climb or a goal to reach or an idea to explore i i can't do it and and i know you can't either so i'm, I'm happy that you'll at least have the ability to go and do whatever it is you want to go and do and explore in in the wrestling business without having to look over your shoulder or Ask permission. Exactly. But look, you know, I left there. The greatest thing in my career, from just for me uh, and my family, was going to work for Vince. Uh, and people said, was it was your biggest thrill leaving WCW? No. My biggest thrill was going to work at WWE because I had over a quarter of a century there, and I got into that stock option thing, and I got, I got made whole in over a few years of vesting. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into, Eric. But I didn't know stocks. What's the difference in a grant and an option and all this other stuff? Jeez, I felt like uh, you know, goddamn Barney Fife trying to explain to Andy, you know, the uh, the legalities of a of a machine gun or no or non non legalities or something. I didn't. I had no clue. I had not a clue. So well, I could I could look at the bottom line and say that's a good number. Well, it's, it's, I, I told the story in my book. You know, for for years, you know, Bill Shaw. You know, he, he told me when he hired me as executive producer, he said, you know, Eric, mark my words, I'm going to make you a millionaire. And I went, wow, that's really great, Bill. But I had no idea really what he was talking about. And, I, you know, I wanted to believe him. It was a nice thing to say, but I wanted sure. to just went about my business. And for a long time afterwards, I was regularly getting, you know, massive stock options when Turner Broadcasting. And I'm like you, I didn't really know what it meant. You know, cool. I can't really take it to the bank. I can't buy a house with it. But, 
it's cool to have in my drawer. <laughs> so I kept right. throwing, throwing all the, uh, the, the, the stock option certificates and everything in, in the drawer and forgot all about them. And then after the AOL Time Warner merger was announced, Bill Shaw called me. And I, would, I had already been out of WCW. I was sitting home collecting a check because I was being paid or played and, and, and handsomely. And I was out to dinner with my wife one night. And Bill Shaw calls me and said, see, Eric, I told you I'd make you a millionaire. And I, you know, I looked at Lori and I said, well, you know, we're doing okay, but we're, we're not millionaires. <laughs> and, and I said, Bill, I'm not sure what you're talking about. And he said, your stock options, they've just vested because the AOL Time Warner merger was approved. And you, the bylaws of, 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 of Time Warner, or Turner at the time, the minute there was a change in ownership, all, all options become vested. So completely out of the blue, out of the loop, in, in a very uneducated financial way, I was kicked in the side of the head by a mule. And I went, I went home and I went, how many of these damn things do I have and what's the strike price? And I found out I had a shit ton of them and my strike price was averaging around $14, $15 a share, hmm. which is the share it cost me. But they were selling and they were closing at about $97 a share. Mm, so I, I did quick math in my head and went, Damn. Yeah. No <laughs> he was right. He did. <laughs> that's great. Well, good. That's, that's your success. If you get success, I'm happy for you, but I'm glad the guys like me and you who are not wrestlers are still at AARP age, still working and that we have a couple of nickels to rub together. I think that's pretty damn cool. And the wrestling business did that for me. And I think you'd say the same thing. Well, I wouldn't be doing any of the things that I'm doing. Um, were it not for you know, the experience and you know the exposure that I got in the wrestling business from you know producing television shows and with my own production company and 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 now you know movies and you know it's none of those things would be happening if I would have been in the wrestling business. So I'm yeah. very grateful. I remind myself of that every day. Uh, so uh, would you say if I said Eric, it's almost as if you've reinvented yourself in within today's environment? Would that be fair? I think, well, largely, sure, sure, it would be fair, but I think more specifically, I've just adapted to this environment, you know, with, with mm-hmm. the proliferation of streaming platforms, the you know, ability to do podcasts, you know, the, the things that you can do now on social media to stay in touch with your fan base and, and, and grow your fan base are just mind-boggling. And I, and I find them fascinating. I love social media, and, and not because I'm addicted to it and I feel the need to, you know, to, to constantly have dialogue with people, but I love the dynamic of it. I love the possibilities that it creates. I, and I, more than anything, I love to imagine where it's going to be two years from now or three years from now and what the capabilities are going to be. I mean, this, just, just this morning, for example, one of our sponsors on our podcast, DiveBarShirts.com, um, it was a brand-new sponsor. And, you know, dive bars are kind of my thing, you know. I've always, you know, preferred, you know, a nice little quiet local dive bar as to, a, you know, a club. Mm-hmm. And when they started sponsoring this, I thought, wow, this is great. And, you know, just yesterday I went into my local, you know, favorite joint here in Cody, Wyoming, a place called the Silver Dollar Bar. And I shot some video on my iPhone and then put a little bit of graphics to it, put some music to it, thanks to Dave Silva and posted it and it's a hell of a promotion and it's a way to reach people and build your business, have fun with your fans because you're doing something fun and encouraging them to post their pictures and videos. And that's entertaining. 
you know, it's a, it's a great way to engage. So I just have so much fun with this stuff. And I, I don't know that it's as much. It is certainly reinventing, but it's really more adapting. No, I got that. That's good. No, I, I agree with you. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, I've uh, it's, it's fascinating that you know, people complain sometimes about the business being healthy or not. I only judge it by me, my life, and I'm staying as busy as I want to be. No matter where I do or what I, where I go after WWE, I want to be busy because that's my nature. Uh, but I think the business is very healthy, Eric. For guys like you and I to be making a damn good living, uh, call, kind of calling our own shots, not a bad thing. Well, I, I think the business in many ways is healthier than anybody ever imagined it could be or ever has been. Now, it's not, you know, you can look at certain barometers, I guess, and measure them. You know, sure, it's not the Monday Night Wars. You know, WWE isn't doing their four rating and WCW doing their four rating and for a combined eight rating, which I think is misleading anyway. I think there was always a lot of duplication in that number. But, you know, that was, there's no doubt that during the Monday Night Wars, because of the Monday Night Wars, solely because of the Monday Night Wars, that there was probably more people watching wrestling than in, in any time in history. And beyond that, you know, because of the Monday Night Wars, wrestling really, really transcended to the highest levels of pop culture and really grew into an audience that it never had before. But I, I still don't think the business was as successful then or as large then as it is today. It's different today, but if you, again, not to keep harping on it, but you look at all the streaming platforms that are out there and the accessibility now for promoters and producers to be able to reach a global audience with with a iPay-per-view, for example, um, and be able to do it affordably. It's no longer a, you know, a 750 or, or, or thousand or million dollar you know, roll of the dice to put something up on pay-per-view just from a production point of view. You can do it now for a fraction of a fraction of what it used to be. And I think what that means is there are going to be more Rings of Honor, more AEWs, you know, more New mm-hmm. Japan Pro Wrestlings. And as these streaming platforms mature and advertisers begin to support them more and more and more, I think that's where the money is. And for wrestling fans, they're just going to be able to see a much more diverse international product. So I, for that reason alone, I think the business is healthier now than it's ever been. Yeah, I agree, and I'm, I'm happy for it. Last question, uh, how far are we from – the traditional USA network uh, coverage of wrestling uh, going away and everything going to streaming? I think it's inevitable. Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to predict because I'm not close enough to the inside of the industry to have an educated guess, but just based on trends and seeing what's happening around the entertainment universe, and you know, I'm still in the television business. I've been creating, producing, and selling original uh, non-scripted television programming now since 2003 and i've sold them to pretty much every major network uh, other than cbs and abc that you can find and i know what's happening to that business and how streaming is is, and, and the competition from the netflix and the hulus of the world i know the devastating impact that's having on the television industry i think it's inevitable that television as we know it today whether it be cable or network three to five years from now we won't recognize it and we will become far more saturated with many more streaming platforms and options well there we here folks uh and by the way eric's a great follow on twitter he, he actually is funny at e bischoff on twitter i would suggest you 
follow uh, right now, if not sooner. Uh, great show, uh, 83 weeks uh, with you and Conrad. You know, Conrad's getting massive rubs from you and and Bruce. Conrad's, he's slipping himself in kind of like the, uh, he's kind of the James Gandolfini of the podcast world. Well, I look at it differently. I think <laughs> Bruce and I and Tony are getting great rubs from Conrad, <laughs> to be okay, honest. Yeah, of course. I, I had a podcast before I hooked up with Conrad, and we did okay. It was all right, but we weren't making any money, and... Literally, the minute I hooked up with Conrad, you know, we we started rocking and rolling and, and ringing the cash register almost immediately. Beautiful. And it, a lot of that has to do with Conrad himself, the chemistry between he and I, and I'm sure he and Tony and he and Bruce, because every show's different. You know, my, my show tends to be a little more granular in the weeds, the business of the wrestling business, because I don't think Tony or or even Bruce can speak to it with the same kind of credibility and authority that I can, because that, that really was what I did. I wasn't nearly as involved in the creative or, or the talent side of WCW. Uh, I didn't get really involved in the creative until late 95 and mid 96 is when I really jumped in with both feet. And, and Bruce certainly has all kinds of, you know, his 30 years worth of crazy wrestling stories. He's an amazing storyteller. Whereas I kind of get into, more of the business of the business and, and kind of exposing or, or discussing, not exposing, they're not secrets, but discussing, you know, how the industry actually works, not how people right. think it works, not people, how people assume it works, but how it really works. And my audience, for the most part, finds that pretty interesting. Um, but really, it's, it's the chemistry, I think, and the Absolutely. research and the, and the hard work that Conrad puts into his shows, which brings me to my next point before I jump on my plane to Chicago. When are you and Conrad going to de- debut your show? Soon. Uh, right after WrestleMania is our plan. Uh, somewhere within a week or two after WrestleMania, uh, we're going to uh, launch that piece of business. So it should be it'll have fun. Listen, I, I look forward to seeing you. In, uh, I'm sure I'll bump into you someplace. Uh, might even come to your show on, Saturday, on uh, Monday afternoon and, and have a cocktail and, listen, and be entertained. How's that? That sounds like a plan. I'll be disappointed if you don't stop by, Jim. I'd love to see you. Okay, buddy. Hey, Eric, safe travels to Chicago. Have a big week there, and I appreciate the time. Be well, my friend. It is always good to hear from Eric Bischoff, the raconteur of sorts. Successful, no doubt. And he's doing some great shows this weekend with Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone. They'll also be uh, uh, taking the stage on the Monday afternoon after WrestleMania, as you heard us discuss. Uh, check all that out. Follow Eric on Twitter at E Bischoff. So a lot of good things, a lot of good, good show today. I thought a lot of information, some opinion. Appreciate you guys subscribing to our show, Apple podcasts, you know, Google podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you get your audio. That's us. Appreciate that very much. It's free to subscribe your, your, uh, episodes. Once you subscribe, we downloaded automatically into the device of your choice. I'm told. That works for me. Uh, appreciate the five-star ratings very much. Uh, that helps us a lot with our marketing and advertising. Five-star reviews uh, on those sites. Uh, I told you our uh, ad nauseum, you know, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. So how to email us your thoughts or your questions. We appreciate that. Uh, next week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my old buddy, my broadcast partner, from all the way from Class of Champions 1, Tony Schiavone is going to be joining us. We'll get his take on working with Eric Bischoff on these stage shows. Uh, 
he'll have one under his belt by then. And it's always good to catch up with Tony, a big-time baseball fan. He's my go-to for baseball info. Uh, he's a the producer of the Georgia Bulldog uh, basketball and football games. He's everywhere. He's ubiquitous. He's ubiquitous. And he works with Connie. My God, those cheeks. Those cheeks are so full. I just want to grab one and hold them. <laughs> so Tony Schiavone here next week. Uh, I hope you'll join us as well. Thanks to Tori Wilson. Thanks to Eric Bischoff. Thanks to you. Thanks to Dennis in New York City and all the folks at Westwood One and all the ships at sea, as Tony Schiavone would say. Uh, I'm heading back to Norman. Slowly but surely, heading back to Norman, folks. And uh, I'll be here next week. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Remember to do something nice for somebody that's unexpected, that you're not expecting a payday from or a payoff from. Look in your heart and be a decent human being. We need more of those here on this this planet. And uh, whatever you do, don't forget that our tomorrows are never guaranteed. So from here in Oklahoma City, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying uh, we'll see you next week. So long, everybody. This is Dennis Miller on the Dennis Miller Option. You will hear my uncensored take on current events, politics, pop culture, and anything else that crosses my mind. You remember that sketch we did on Saturday Night Live? We. I, I, I was, was in sketches. I was in eight sketches over a 72-year period. Which was so bad. Which sketch that you were a waiter was this? <laughs> the Dennis Miller Option is free and easy to get on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.